Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. This episode officially marks the halfway point of Unlock the Magic Within 2.0. I cannot believe that we are already here, that we are already on module six. If you have listened all the way from the beginning, starting with module one all the way through, congratulations on making it to the halfway point. If this is your very first episode that you've ever listened to, welcome. I am so excited you are here. Don't worry, you don't need to hit stop. You don't need to listen to these modules in order. You can listen to this episode and you can jump around. This episode can stand on its own and it is going to blow your mind. I am making that prediction right now. Today we are talking about my favorite thing to talk about and I might say that a couple times now moving forward because I have a couple favorite things that I love to talk about in module five. I know I said that identity is one of my favorite things to talk about. This topic that we have for module six is one of my favorite things to talk about and then when we dive into money in future modules that is one of my favorite things to talk about too. But this... This is monumental because today what I'm going to be doing in this episode is I am going to be giving you evidence for how your thoughts actually create your reality. So I am going to prove to you in multiple ways that your thoughts actually do create your reality. And this was huge for me on my manifestation journey, on my mindset journey because I never really resonated with the woo-woo. I would hear sayings like, what you focus on expands. What you focus on is what you draw more of into your life. Where your thoughts go, energy flows. And without those sayings in context, without understanding the science behind those, it was very hard for me to grasp them. It was just a little too woo-woo for me because I am a very scientific person. I have a very scientific mind. If you have listened to the previous episode where I dive into my story, you know that I went to school to be a doctor. I did all of the requirements for pre-med. I love science. My mind is very scientific. So I need to understand why. I need to understand how. That is very important to me. So when things get a little bit too woo-woo for me, it's hard for me to really grasp onto them. And so that is why this module, all of the information that I'm sharing with you in this module was so pivotal 
for me and I know that it's going to be pivotal for you because once you understand this, it's so much easier to believe. It's so much easier to believe that you are in full control, that you are the creator. So let's dive in because this has the potential to be a longer episode. I have so much that I want to share with you. So let's start out with this basic statement. Your thoughts create your reality. You've heard me say that before. Your thoughts create your reality. Now, obviously, your reality isn't simply created by you just thinking one thought or everything you think would come to fruition and that would be rather scary, right? Because sometimes we have some scary thoughts. Sometimes we have thoughts where we would not want those things to become our reality. So it's not just you think a thought and then that thought magically becomes your reality. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that thoughts repeated over and over and over again create beliefs that stick in our subconscious mind. Thoughts with intense emotion stick in our subconscious mind. And today I'm going to show you how the subconscious mind, the beliefs, the thoughts and the beliefs within our subconscious mind serve as the foundation for your reality in multiple ways. So what I ask of you is to open your mind and just entertain this. Just keep your mind open and entertain the idea that your thoughts and your beliefs actually do create your reality. Your brain is a powerful, powerful machine. So I want to dive right in. And I want to begin with evidence for you that this is the case. I want to show you how powerful your brain, your thoughts, your beliefs actually are. The power of the mind. The first form of evidence of this is the placebo effect. If you've never heard of the placebo effect, the placebo effect is used in research. It's used in um, psychology and it basically says that our mind, just our belief that something is working can make it work. So if you think about medication, this is often used when testing various drugs. When testing drugs, they'll create, the, the scientists will create two different groups. They'll create a group that actually gets the drug and then they'll create a group that gets a pill that's called a placebo that is not the drug. The placebo doesn't do anything. It doesn't have anything in it. It's just a pill, right? So you have one group that's actually getting the drug and you have another group that's getting a pill. They think they're getting the drug, but they're not actually getting the actual drug. And what has been shown over and over and over again is that the group that gets the placebo actually experiences benefits from taking the placebo. The only way you can explain that is through looking at the power of the mind and looking at the power of belief because they're not actually getting 
a drug, right? They're not actually getting, and I shouldn't say a drug, they're not actually getting medication. The experimental group is actually getting the medication, right? But this control group is not getting the medication. And then there's actually usually a third group that doesn't get anything. So usually there'll be three groups. They'll have the group that gets the medication, the group that gets the placebo, and then the group that gets nothing. And they'll see what are the differences in the three groups. And what they found is that they see improvements in the group that gets the placebo. And the only way to explain this is through the power of belief. The only way to explain this, the, that group thought they were getting the drug. They were, at, they were getting a pill. The pill didn't have anything in it that would create any sort of change. But they, these participants thought they were getting the actual medication. And the pure thought of them receiving the medication gave them benefits. And so you'll see when scientific experiments have these three groups, the control group that doesn't get anything, will not experience any benefits. And then the placebo group, which gets a pill that has no benefits to it, will actually experience benefits in between the group that doesn't get the pill and the group that gets the actual medication. And then the group that actual, actually gets the medication usually receives the most benefits, right? But that placebo group received benefits even though they were getting a pill that had nothing in it, that had no medication. That shows you right there that the mind can create change. The mind can actually create changes within our body. Just the thought and the belief that they were getting the medication caused positive benefits to occur, right? So that is the first form of evidence of the fact that our belief can create our reality. That is the first form of evidence that shows just how powerful thought and belief are, just how powerful our mind is. The second is through scientific studies of monks, Scientists have studied monks in deep meditation and what they have found is that they are able to actually control unconscious processes in their bodies through thought alone. And this is just mind-blowing. But they have measured that monks have been able to alter Things like their heart rate and their blood pressure through thought alone when in deep meditation. So they have actually been able to take over conscious control of things that are unconscious for the majority of us, right? Like we don't think about our heart rate. We don't think about our blood pressure on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute by minute basis. That's not something that we sit there and think my heart has to beat. What, how fast is my heart beating? What is my blood pressure? Those are typically things that reside in our subconscious and are 
unconscious. Our subconscious controls them. But what these studies have found is that when in deep meditation, these monks are actually able to alter those processes. They're able to alter their blood pressure. They're able to alter their heart rate based on thought alone. And the final evidence that I want to provide you that gives you just a glimpse into how powerful your mind actually is and how your thought and belief can actually create your reality before we dive into the specific ways is Dr. Emoto's water experiments. So what Dr. Emoto found Through his water experiments is that our thoughts and intentions can literally change the structure of water. So by exposing water to different conditions, we can actually change the structure of water. Now, why is this important? Well, number one, it shows, again, the power of the mind, the power of your thoughts, your beliefs, your focus, your intention. But we are 70% water. Human beings are 70% water. So what this shows is that the crystalline structure of water in our bodies is based on what we expose ourselves to. It's based on what our internal environment is. It's based on what our thoughts and beliefs about ourselves are. There have been other experiments done on plants. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about these, but there have been experiments done on plants where you you tell a plant you love it. You tell one plant that you love it and you ignore the other plant and the plant that you give love to thrives. And the plant that you don't give love to ends up dying. And I'm going to provide links to these specific experiments in the show notes for you so you guys can do your own research. But I want you guys to really dive into this because you have no idea how powerful your mind is. And the more you can wrap your head around this, the more powerful it's going to be for you. So now that we've covered some of the evidence, let's dive into exactly how our thoughts create our reality. Now, this actually occurs on multiple levels. The first level we're going to talk about is the universal level. This is the way that our universe is structured on a scientific level. And the study of this is called quantum physics. So I want you to think back to middle school science. When you learned about atoms, when I learned about atoms a while ago, because I am 37 now, so this was quite a while ago, we learned that an atom is made up of a nucleus and it has protons, electrons, and neutrons, which are called its subatomic particles, right? And when I think about the way that I was taught about atoms, it was like this nucleus was surrounded by these subatomic particles that were spinning around it, right? Well, the understanding of atoms has changed over the last, I don't even know, when was I in middle school? I was in middle school in 
the late 1990s. So we are talking about like 25 to 30 years ago at this point. So our understanding of atoms has changed over that time. And what we now understand is that atoms themselves are actually mostly empty space. So the nucleus is about 0.00001% of the atom and the rest of the atom is this energy cloud. So 99.9999% of the atom is not matter. It is not a particle. It is empty space or this energy cloud. Now this is monumental because everything in this universe is created from atoms. Atoms are the building block. Atoms are the base. Everything has atoms. Everything comes from atoms. We are atoms. So if 99.999% of atoms are empty space or this energy cloud, that means 99.9999% of us is empty space or this energy cloud, which means that we are more energy than we are matter. And to put this in perspective, I want to use a quote by Allie Sundermeyer. And this is just going to blow your mind. If the nucleus of an atom were the size of a peanut, the atom itself would be about the size of a baseball stadium. If we lost all of the dead space inside our atoms, we would each be able to fit into a particle of dust and the entire human race would fit into the volume of a cube of sugar. So that is how much empty space is in an atom. That is how much empty space is in this universe. We are 99.9999% empty space or energy. So that is where these sayings come from about how everything is energy. I know when I heard that saying at first, I was like, what do you mean everything is energy? What do you mean everything is energy and everything has energy? How is that possible? Like everything I see is hard. But everything is created from atoms and atoms are 99.9999% energy. So let's talk about what this 99.9999% energy is. So if you think back to the original picture of what I said an atom was, when at least when I learned what an atom was, it was like this nucleus, which is matter surrounded by these subatomic particles, which are the electrons, the protons, and the neutrons. Well, what quantum physics has found is that electrons are not actually particles. They have both the properties of particles and waves, and they can flip-flop between the two. So they can flip-flop between a particle, which is matter, and a wave, which is energy. And through experiments, they have found that the thing that collapses an electron from a wave, which is energy, into a particle, which is matter, is our focused attention. Our observation 
is what collapses an electron from a wave into a particle. Our observation, our focused attention is what creates the reality of the electron being in that one place. That is insane. That's where the saying, where your focus goes, energy flows, comes from. That's where the saying, what you focus on expands, comes from. That's where the saying, what you focus on is what you create more of, comes from. The fact that our focused attention collapses electrons in that energy cloud from energy into actual matter. Now think about this on a huge scale. We are all atoms. We are all atoms. And we are 99.99999% energy, just like the atom is, because that's what we are made of. And so is the entire universe. And so if our focused attention is the thing that collapses energy into matter, our focused attention is the thing on a quantum level, on a universal level, that creates our reality. That creates the reality that we see and that we feel and that we touch in front of us. And I'm going to include the links to some videos on YouTube that explain this. If you're just like, what is going on? What is she talking about? I need to like watch something on this. I'm going to include some links in the show notes for you so you can dive deeper into this. But that is one way that our thoughts create our reality. On the universal level, everything is made from atoms. Atoms themselves are 99.9999% energy. The thing that collapses an electron in the energy cloud from a wave into a particle is our focused attention, our observation. Our focus is energy. Our thoughts are energy. Everything is energy and everything has energy. So our thoughts, our beliefs, our ways of being, those are all energy. And they impact, they create our reality because they affect everything else. So that is way number one, that our thoughts create our reality on a scientific level, on a universal level, on an atomic level. The second way is on a neuroscientific level, and this is the way that our brains work. So our brains have this wonderful thing in them called the RAS. The RAS is the reticular activating system. And the purpose of the reticular activating system within our brains is to filter information. So we have so much information coming at us on a day-to-day basis. There is no way that our brains, as powerful as they are, can process every bit of information that is coming at us. So our brains have to find a way to filter that information, to sort through that information and decide what we're going to become aware of. And that's what the job of the RAS is. The job of the RAS is to filter information. And the way it does that is it deletes information out, it distorts information, and it generalizes information. So it takes all of the information 
coming at us and it pairs it down to the amount of information that we become aware of and the way it does that is through deleting, distorting, and generalizing. Now, how does it decide what to delete, what to distort, and what to generalize? It decides based on our beliefs. Our beliefs are the thing that determines what the RAS makes us aware of and what the RAS decides we don't need to be aware of. And it only makes us aware of what matches our internal reality. Because our brains cannot handle cognitive dissonance. Our internal reality, which is our internal state of consciousness, which is made up of our thoughts, our beliefs, our habits, our patterns, our emotions, our feelings, all of that makes up our internal state of consciousness. Our internal state has to match our external reality. Our brains cannot handle those two things to be not in alignment. They have to match. So the way that our brain filters information is through our beliefs. It makes sure that we are only made aware of the things that we believe. So the RAS actually creates this sort of tunnel vision, right? So if you can think about, think about a funnel, think about the outside world as a funnel and everything you have, the opening of the funnel coming coming into your brain and what the RAS does is the RAS is that small tube at the bottom of the funnel. It filters everything out that doesn't match your internal environment. So quite literally, your reality is a reflection of your out, your outer reality, your environment, is a reflection of your internal reality, which is your internal state of consciousness, which is your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, your emotions, your habits, your patterns, all of those things, your stories, all of those things create your internal state of consciousness. And that is how the RAS filters information. So we have this tunnel vision. We have tunnel vision. And we have blind spots. We are literally not made aware of the things that challenge our internal beliefs and our internal state of consciousness because our brains can't handle that. Our brains cannot handle that cognitive dissonance. So it filters that information out. And it's not even brought into our conscious awareness. Or if it makes its way through and it is brought into our conscious awareness, we usually reject it rather quickly, right? Because it's not in alignment with our internal state, with our internal consciousness, with our internal thoughts, beliefs, values. So there's another thing that you need to understand about your brain. And that's something called neuroplasticity. So what neuroplasticity is, is it is how our brain builds neural connections. And neural connections are basically just like neural pathways in our brain that fire. And our thoughts and our beliefs are all neural pathways in our brain that fire. So what we've found is that, or what scientists have found, is that we can create new 
neural pathways and neural connections, and we can turn off old neural pathways and neural connections. So we can change. Quite literally, at a neuroscientific level, our brains, we can change. We can create new neural pathways and neural connections, and we can turn off old neural pathways and neural connections. So we can create new beliefs and new ways of being and we can turn off old beliefs and old ways of being and it actually happens rather quickly. Faster than I ever thought it did. So what scientists have found is that our minds are always adapting. They are never stagnant and they are never fixed. And our brains are constantly strengthening and weakening neural connections depending on which ones are being used the most versus which ones are unnecessary. So we can literally rewire our brains and we can do it in three weeks you guys. Three weeks. Within three weeks of inactivity in an existing neural signaling pathway the body starts to disassemble that neural pathway in order to reuse those building blocks for more active circuits. So you can rewire your brain by forming new pathways and weakening old ones in a matter of three weeks. How do we form new pathways and weaken old ones? Through repetitive thought. This is why affirmations (laughs) work. So by repeating thoughts, infusing emotion into our thoughts, engaging our five senses, we can create new neural pathways. We can create new beliefs and we can disassemble old ones that are not serving us. We can literally turn those off and disassemble them so we can change on a neuroscientific level we can change. And what happens when we form these new neural pathways and these new beliefs is that our RAS has new things to filter information with, right? So it all comes down to this. So on a universal level, on an atomic level, on an energetic level, I've shown you how your thoughts collapse electrons into particles, how your thoughts and your observance create reality. Oh my gosh, you guys, my dog is in my office with me and she's having a dream. Hold on a sec. Okay, so where were we? So I've shown you on a universal level, on an atomic level, how your thoughts create your reality. Now I've shown you on a neuroscientific level, based on the way our brains work, how your thoughts create your reality. I want to drive this point home with two examples for you. If you think about driving around when you're car shopping, let's say you decide that you want to buy a new car and you decide you want to buy a new Cadillac, new Cadillac Escalade. That's the kind of car I drive. So let's say I want to I wanna buy a new Cadillac Escalade. 
So I'm focusing on the Cadillac Escalade. I'm doing a lot of research on the Cadillac Escalade. That's a thought, right? Like I'm thinking about the Cadillac Escalade. What you notice is that prior to deciding you were going to buy a new Cadillac Escalade, you probably didn't really notice Cadillac Escalades driving on the road. But once you decided you were going to buy a new Cadillac Escalade and you started thinking a lot about the Cadillac Escalade, all of a sudden you see Cadillac Escalades everywhere. I know this has happened to you. Another great example of this is baby names. So this happened to us when we were picking out our baby names. We wanted to pick out names that were not like super, super, super unique, but we didn't want to pick out names that were really, really popular either. There are certain names when our kids were born that like everyone was naming their children these names. And I was like, I don't want to name my child that name because I was actually named one of those names. So Lauren was a very, very, very popular name for my generation. In college, in my pledge class alone, there were five Laurens. And I remember going so many places and running into people and they'd be like, oh, I know someone named Lauren. And I'm like, yes, everybody knows someone named Lauren. Lauren is a very popular name. That is not my mom's fault. She did not know that everybody was naming their children, their daughters Lauren when she named me Lauren. But anyway, so we were thinking about names and I'm like, I don't want a name that I know is really popular right now, but I also don't want like a, a really like unique name. I want something that I like that not everybody is naming their children that, but I know people who have that name. So we settled on a list of names. We actually didn't pick either of our children's names until they were born, and we didn't find out the gender of either of our children until they came out. (laughs) So we went into the hospital with lists of names. But even when we were um, dialing down our lists of names, I remember, especially with Avery, I was like, I don't know anyone who has named their daughter Avery and then as we got our list smaller and smaller and Avery was on that list it was like all of a sudden I became aware of all of the people named Avery right I know this has happened to you too if you've had kids it's like all of a sudden you become aware of that name it feels like it's everywhere just like the car situation when you start focusing on that all of a sudden it's everywhere this is because of your RAS. Your RAS has deemed that information or that thought important. And so it starts filtering information that's coming in based on the fact that that name or that car is now important to you. And so it makes you aware of more of that in your environment. Okay? So now let's bring this home. And I want to talk about the third way that your thoughts create your reality. And that is on a psychological level. So behavior is always preceded by thought. You will never act without first having a thought, right? Like you think and then you act. You may not think that you think and then you act, but on a subconscious level, you think and then you act. So your behavior is always preceded by thought. Your actions are based on your beliefs. You will never consistently take action out of alignment with your identity, your values, and your beliefs. You just won't. A really great example of this is in health and fitness. 
So the network marketing company that I still am a part of is a health and fitness company. And this business sells at-home workouts. And so when I was really active within this business, I would get this a lot. I would get many, many women who would say, I can't work out at home. They had a belief that they could not work out at home. Because they had that belief, they wouldn't purchase the things that I had to offer because they were at-home workouts. So their action was in alignment with their belief. Their belief was, I cannot work out at home. So their action was, I'm not going to buy the at-home workouts because I don't believe I can work out at home. If they would have changed their belief to, I can work out at home, then their action would have been in alignment with that belief. They would have bought the at-home workouts because they believed they could work out at home. This is a very simple example of this. If you don't believe that you will be successful at whatever, you will never take the action necessary to be successful at that thing. Your belief is what dictates your actions. So let's circle back to the very beginning of this episode where I said it's not just that every thought you have creates your reality. It's that your thoughts and your beliefs are the foundation for all of this. Your thoughts and your beliefs are the foundation for your actions because you will never act out of alignment with what you believe. You will never act out of alignment with your identity going back to module five. So do you see how this is all building upon each other? Do you see now how your thoughts and beliefs create your reality at all of these levels? It's not just in one way. It's in every way. (laughs) It's in every way. In every way, your thoughts and beliefs are the foundation for your reality. When you look at it on a universal level, when you look at it on a neuroscientific level, when you look at it on a psychological level, your thoughts and your beliefs create your reality. So all of these ways also reinforce each other. And I've given you the evidence that shows the power of your mind, how powerful your mind actually is, how powerful your thoughts and your intentions and your beliefs are through the placebo effect, through the studies of monks in meditation, through the water experiments of Dr. Emoto. There is so much evidence out there that this is the case. So the question is, What do you believe? Because whatever you believe is what you're experiencing. Whatever you believe is the reality that you are currently experiencing. So the homework for this week is not journaling. It's not much journaling. The homework for for this week is awareness. This week is all about bringing your beliefs into your awareness, into your conscious awareness. Because we cannot change what we are not aware of. We have to be aware first. 
So what I want you to do this week is I just want you to pay attention. Intentionally pay attention. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to what your beliefs are. And if you're like, I don't really know what my beliefs are or what my subconscious patterns are, look at your reality. What patterns keep popping up in your reality? What things keep popping up in your reality? Whatever things you are experiencing consistently are what you have patterns and beliefs around. You have patterns and beliefs that are creating that experience. So if you're like, I really don't know, look at your reality. What kind of reality are you experiencing when it comes to your business or your career, when it comes to success, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your family life, when it comes to your health and fitness, when it comes to your self-care, What are you currently experiencing? Look at that first. That is going to open your eyes to what beliefs you have, what patterns you have in those areas. And I think your mind is going to be blown. You're going to be like, wow, I did not realize that I had a pattern around that or that I had a belief around that. But based on what I'm Now seeing in my reality, what I'm now aware of in my reality, clearly there is something there. So again, we have to bring these things into our awareness. We have to bring them into our conscious awareness and that is where we can create change. And that's what module seven is all about. Once we bring these into our awareness, how do we actually create change? We've talked about identity. Now we're focusing in on thoughts and beliefs, which are the next level down. And this module was all about just giving you evidence that your thoughts and beliefs actually create your reality. And module seven is going to dive into, okay, how do we change our thoughts and beliefs? How do we instill new thoughts and beliefs to create a new reality? So I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. I want to hear what you thought of this. I want to hear what your breakthroughs were. I want to hear if you're struggling with wrapping your head around this. I just, I want to hear from you and what's going on for you after listening to this episode. Let's talk. Let's have a discussion. You can find me on Instagram and Telegram. So head on over to Instagram at Lauren underscore Francois. You can shoot me a DM there or head over to Telegram. The link for both of these are in the show notes. The links for both of these are in the show notes. And if you're heading over to Telegram, the channel is the Wealthy Woman channel. You can subscribe to it and we can have a conversation there. But I'd love to hear what this is bringing up for you. And as you're focusing on this, Throughout the week, I'd love to hear what you're becoming aware of. What patterns are you becoming aware of? What beliefs are you becoming aware of that you were unaware of before, that were unconscious before? Tell me what's coming up for you. I'm going to leave you with that. 
I will see you or I'll talk to you at our next episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I would love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.